the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this KGNW broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. Well, this is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Media's uh, development for 820 AM The Word, and I'm really excited to be here today. I have a special guest. Her name is Margie Schaefer. She's the lead teacher and founder of Flourish Through the Word. Welcome this morning, Margie. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, you and I have uh, met a few weeks ago and uh, got to get to know you a little bit, and uh, I said, man, I'd, I'd love to hear your story because you know, this morning I woke up early in the morning, and the song, I Love to Tell the Story, it's an old gospel hymn that you probably remember, but many, many people uh, don't know that song. And uh, the the words are, I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and uh, and his glory, of Jesus and his love. And I was thinking about the love of Jesus and the fact that the love of Jesus is revealed through the stories we tell about how he reached out to us. Many of the of the scriptures uh, in the New Testament are Jesus' interaction with people. Not only just his teaching and his words, but how he interacted with people. And we all have a story to tell about how he reached down and touched our lives. And uh, that's what this program is really about. Heart of the City is people telling their story. And so... We wanted to hear your story today and how he brought you to himself. So let's go back to the beginning. Did you uh, grow up around here? Are you from this area? Yes and no. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Originally, I grew up in Texas, uh-huh. and I have a godly mother and a godly father. Uh-huh. And so it was really through my mother's influence um, growing up as a young girl that uh I heard about Jesus, and you know Jesus was really the atmosphere that we breathed at home. Hmm. Um, Jesus was a very real concept and person. He wasn't just someone that we talked about on Sundays. He was the center of our home, so it was very natural for me as a little girl to reach that point and just yield my life to him. So I've known Jesus for many years for many (laughs) and i'm very thankful for that testimony yeah for many years you know but there is a point in our lives where we recognize the need for him and for you it was at a very young age and so there there wasn't necessarily a, a crisis moment in your life where you had to come to him but it was just a solid acknowledgement through the influence of your parents that you needed a you needed a savior that's exactly right. I was very conscious of my sin. <laughs> so, mm. um, Even my, as a young child. Even as a young child. And I did have strict parents, so I was very conscious <laughs> of my sin. Uh-huh. And uh, I knew that I needed a Savior. So really, when I was nine years old, yeah. I was very convicted one night in a service at church uh-huh. and walked the aisle. 
You know, oftentimes uh, people, you know, you get into some contemporary churches and, and there's uh, sometimes they look askance at, at that experience of, of someone coming forward to an altar. But yet oftentimes when I hear the stories of people, those are those are important benchmark events in people's lives when they have to make that physical move towards the front of a church sometimes. Not that you have to do that to, to come to know the Lord, but that's a critical time. That's something people remember in their lives, isn't it? Absolutely. It's forever etched in my memory. Uh-huh. When I reflect back on my childhood, I, could, I can still see that night in my mind and mm. walking down the aisle. And it was a specific youth service, and the sermon was so convicting. Of course, I had known for years that that day would come when I would make my profession in faith public. Mm-hmm. And um, there is something very significant about responding in an almost tangible way mm-hmm. and stepping out into the aisle, even if you're the only one, mm-hmm. and walking down there and allowing the pastor or whoever is teaching to pray for you. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. It is powerful. It is. Mm-hmm. So uh, growing up then, in your teenage years, you'd made a profession of faith. Was that uh, something that was... Um, uh, uh, challenged in your teenage years, or did you walk with the Lord and were pretty solid in that? I did walk with the Lord. In mm-hmm. fact, I have an interesting story that I'd love to tell about my high school years. I I lived almost on the Mexican border in El Paso, Texas, and um, we had uh, I lived out in a smaller part of the city in in the country. We had a small ranch, so very typical Texas upbringing, I guess. And when I got to high school, I looked around me and um, made a list of everyone in my high school that I pretty was sure they didn't know Jesus. Mm. So I wrote every name down. And for four years, I prayed for every name on that list. And by the time I graduated, every name on that list was crossed off. All of those kids had come to know the Lord. And uh, I have... Two seniors in high school right now who are praying for their friends. And what a powerful story to share with them. This is a power of prayer. You never give up. Mm -hmm. And you just keep praying. And you just keep sharing Jesus out of the natural overflow of your life. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what happened after high school? After high school, my dad got a transfer from the Mexican border to the Canadian border. So we moved to Washington State. And, of course, it broke our hearts, except for my dad, to leave. (laughs) And I pretty much moved uh, sight unseen right into Washington State University, um, straight from graduation with hardly any time in between, and went straight to college and didn't know a soul. Wow. And uh, one of the first things that I did was find the Christians on campus. Mm -hmm. And um, so by the end of that first week, I was connected to a Bible study and had a ride to church. And uh, that's where a lot of my friendships grew from that. And my faith definitely grew from that. In fact, it was um, at WSU that I led my first ever Bible study. And I love to tell this story, too, because it was on personal holiness. And 50 people came. So miracles do yeah. happen. <laughs> on personal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is typically a challenge with a college student, isn't That's it? Right. Being away from home, uh, personal holiness. So, so the Lord has really uh, been with you and kind of given you that, that role of an advocate most uh, uh, in your in your life hasn't he where you've you've been an advocate for for people in prayer 
you've you've uh, begun to teach early in your life. And uh, how has that uh, developed through the course of your life? Well, one thing I've seen is sharing Jesus is really life upon life, right? The, the last instruction that he gave us before ascending back to heaven was go and make disciples. And there is a difference between a follower and a disciple. Disciple is a different, deeper level where you're not only following Jesus, you're finding out what that really means. What does it mean to walk with Jesus? What does it mean to obey him? And uh, for me, I found his instructions are in his word. He left it all behind for us on purpose to read, to study, to dissect, to apply. And um, so my experience as I've sought to walk with him and to be a disciple is that it's all about life upon life. we, We share Jesus out of our natural overflow, and through relationships. Hmm. You are a, uh, when I introduced you at the beginning, I introduced you as the uh, the lead teacher and founder of Flourish Through the Word. Tell me about that. What is Flourish Through the Word? Well, currently, we are a regional ministry here in the Northwest. We meet uh, two different times a week, um, a Wednesday morning and a Wednesday night at a host church in Bothell at Evergreen Church. But um, we are a separate ministry. We're not supported or underwritten by any church. And our gathering represents over 40 different churches hmm. in the Northwest. And our unique little niche, I guess you could say, is that we do um, two short-term Bible study semesters a year. Of course, there's wonderful programs out there, Bible Study Fellowship and Community Bible Study, that lasts the duration of the school year. But we do two short-term studies a year. We take the entire holiday season off, Mm -hmm. and um, our finish line each year is um, a local regional women's conference. But um, we start each of our meetings with worship, where we just invite the Lord to be present, and we celebrate and praise Him. Then we have teaching time, and then the large group breaks up into smaller groups. So it does have a large group feel. Mm-hmm. I think maybe sometimes women get a little overwhelmed when they walk in. <laughs> they see the number of women there. We mm-hmm. have almost 350 women that attend the both sessions. Um, but the smallness and uh, the new unique community happens around the tables. What are the types of topics, if you will, that you cover in those types of Bible studies? Obviously, you're studying the Bible, but, but there's a, a theme to, to what you're doing. What, uh, what are the major themes that you're working on? Well, it's so interesting that you opened up the interview quoting the hymn, I Love to Tell the Story, which will be my theme in glory. That's our current Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. <laughs> you were not a plant. <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, our story is called, our Bible study this fall is called Your Story Matters, hmm. how your story fits within God's great kingdom story. And inside the book is printed that hymn. And we've sung it every time we've gathered so oh, far. <laughs> well, then the Lord, the Lord woke me up at five this there morning was, to there give was me that. There was a reason yeah. for that. And it is such a glorious hymn that um, really none of us Christians have a story without Jesus uh-huh. being the center of it. And so, um, so we make sure on purpose that we sing hymns. We sing contemporary um, songs as well in our worship times, which are just very 
we have two different gifted worship leaders that are anointed and wonderful and just usher in the presence of God every week. But we also sing the hymns on purpose um, because there's such a profound message to hymns, and I don't think you ever outgrow the hymns. Um, But this study starts out with the minor prophet Habakkuk. And um, not a lot of people have spent a lot of time traveling (laughs) Uh through the book of Habakkuk. But what is so powerful about unpacking that book is how relevant it is Hmm. to what's happening in our world today and especially in our nation. It was a very dark time in the nation of Judah. The country had seen a time of national revival when King Josiah was in power, and uh, but the nation was on spiritual decline. And so Habakkuk, the prophet, is crying out to God and asking him, basically, why aren't you, why aren't you doing something? All I see is violence and corruption all around me. Lord, please do something. What What is your answer? And the Lord answers back and says, you think it's bad now? It's mm. going to get a whole lot worse mm. before it gets better. And that was when the Lord was raising up the Chaldeans as an aspect of judgment for the nation of Judah. So there's powerful, powerful lessons and application in this obscure minor prophet mm-hmm. that um, that's what I love about God's word is that we can open up this obscure book in the Bible and find so much application Mm -hmm. for our personal lives. So tomorrow, when we gather again, we'll be looking at chapter 1 in Habakkuk, and I'll be talking about the biblical framework to establish as we walk through life and when the hard and unexpected things come our way. Mm. You're listening to Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry, and with me today is Marjorie Schaefer. She's the lead teacher and founder of Flourish Through the Word. And if you want to get more information about Flourish Through the, Through the Word, you can go to flourishthroughtheword.com. Well, Margie, what would you say are the main needs of women, the women that you're that you're teaching and sharing with on a weekly basis, what would you say are the the primary needs that they have? The first thing that comes to mind is women need to gather. Women need community. They really need a place where they can go and gather every week where they feel safe, where they feel that um, they can be real. They don't have to pretend like they have it all together. Mm -hmm. They can be real and share their hearts and receive prayer. So I would say that's probably the first the first big need that I see consistently every year that we gather and no matter the age of women. Mm-hmm. They need to gather and they need godly friendships. Um but secondly, we need the word. Um my personal conviction is there has been a famine of the word of God in our nation. And um So I feel the Lord has really put it on my heart. He's called me where as long as I have the opportunity and I have breath that I need to teach his word as best I can Mm -hmm. and encourage women and equip them to get into the word of God for themselves. So our studies are very discipleship in nature, and there's very specific and purposeful um, exercises within each study that equip women to to do their own digging and to keep digging even when Bible study is in, in session. 
Now, someone may be listening right now and they say, you know, I've, I've really never read the Bible. Maybe they've not been a part of a church or they, they, don't, they don't know people, anyone that's really a believer or, or have ever attended a meeting like this. If they want to come to your meeting, what, what, what would you tell them? What would, what would you say? Do they have to know the Bible? What, what do they need to do? I'd say, come on in, and we're going to help you. Are they um, going to feel comfortable? Are they going to feel like they're being preached at? Or what's what's going to be the, what do you want them to expect and to feel? Well, I'm not a preacher. I'm a teacher, so I don't think that they'd feel preached at. Um, but at each one of these tables that we gather around is a trained leader mm-hmm. that has spent time uh being trained in basically the DNA of our ministry. Mm-hmm. So the the leaders of each table are able and ready to welcome women from all walks of life and all experiences or lack of experiences they, that they've had. And, um, you know, the studies can be as deep or as, um, or as simple as you want them to be. There was someone who uh, was new, that had never been in a Bible study that came last week. And her leader was following up with me. And I said, if she's overwhelmed with the Bible study, just encourage her to do one question per day. Um, each of the week's worth of homework has five different days mm-hmm. to do. So I said, why don't you have her choose one question per day until she feels like um, she can do all of it. Mm-hmm. So um, so I think there would be enough uh, of a support network that each woman, no matter her experience level, would feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Now, beyond gathering, I, I ask you what the mm-hmm. priorities were or what, what uh, the needs are. Beyond gathering, what would you say women, uh, most women, are looking for? And it, from uh, As far as what they, what they need or what they're, you would hope they would receive out of this, uh, out of the, your Bible studies? To be able to think biblically, hmm. to have... Uh, an even greater established biblical worldview um, to be able to be so confident of who they are in Jesus. That's another big one. We spend a lot of time talking about our identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you know who you are in Jesus, you can stand. So much of, you know, you you hear people being, uh, you know, the the... The, the the world, if you will, has has a word, has a way of saying, uh, you know, you need to be self confident, you need to be self reliant, you're a self made person, and and the idea of self. The reality is that most of us recognize that we have fallen short of the glory of God. That we we we, uh, we feel uh, ashamed, if you will, of the things that we've done in our lives, and that um, the reality is that we've really failed ourselves in so many ways, haven't we? And that we really need some sort of savior. We need some sort of power outside of ourselves to help us with ourselves. And that's part of what you teach, isn't it? That, that there, there has to be a savior to come and redeem you from your own self. Absolutely. I, there's no way I could do what I do every week without the Lord. Um, and definitely have those times where I feel so inadequate, like, Lord, are you sure you want me to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, I I say to my husband often, I'm just a housewife. But um, 
Which is true. I'm just an ordinary girl who loves Jesus and who has said yes to him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's all he asks for any of us is our availability. And he provides the ability. So um, we spent a lot of time talking about the Holy Spirit as well. Hmm. Um, That um, when you get into God's word, it's... It's, there's nothing like it, right? I, I love God's word, and I pray that I always have a hunger for God's word. But I also pray that the Holy Spirit would enlighten me as I read and as I study, and that the Holy Spirit uh, would guide me every minute of every day. Um, just recently, and I had the privilege of being at the Pastors and Ministry Leaders Lunch, and Jack Graham taught on this um, passage out of Zechariah, It's Not By Power, it's not by might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And I recently heard another sermon on that exact same passage. And so I said, okay, Lord, I'm getting it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you're speaking to me to remember that it's the Holy Spirit who empowers us uh, for the days ahead. Yeah. You know, uh, part of what I've been feeling and sensing just uh, recently is how much I appreciate the presence of the Lord. You know, um, there's just a lot of things going on in this world that are absolutely crazy that there are that in the, in the world, there's no hope. And I don't know what people do without the presence of the Lord in their life to, to, to minister. The, The word that came to me when you're talking about the Holy Spirit is from, John chapter 15, he is our comforter. Mm -hmm. The the Lord promised a comforter Mm -hmm. who would come and be with you during these times. And I think the invitation uh, out of uh, just our discussion here today to those that are listening, we've got about three minutes, two minutes left, is that, that there is a relationship that we can have with the Lord where his presence is with you always. And he speaks to us through his word through the he he as we receive him into our life he provides the holy spirit who is our comforter who guides us and leads us and directs us as we're making decisions in our lives and he is with us for eternity not only here on earth but also in heaven isn't he and so what a privilege we have that he's brought us into uh his story and our story is his story right. about uh, redemption, about redeeming us and bringing us to faith in him. Well, Margie, we've got uh, about one minute left. Um, share with us, how can people learn more about um, Flourish Through the Word and how can they get a hold of you? Well, you mentioned our website, flourishthroughtheword.com. Um any woman can go and visit and see previous studies and see some video recaps of our past conferences. There's a way to contact us directly. And um, we also have a Facebook page. And um, we just started our new study, so there's time to jump in. We'll meet seven more times, seven more weeks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, we'll start a new study in January. So we would love to see women come and join us. Yeah, and then your event that you mentioned that takes place where you have uh, several women there from lots of churches. Yes. That that will happen in April of 2018. The right? last weekend of April, uh-huh. yes. Well, that'll that'll be an exciting event, I know. And uh, again, uh, if you want to, to learn more about Flourish Through the Word, uh, you can go to 
flourish, if you want that spelled, it's F-L-O-U-R-I-S-H, through the word dot com. And uh, Marjorie, I, I, uh, Margie, I want to thank you for joining me today on Heart of the City. And uh, I appreciate you joining me. Thank you for having me. been listening to this KGNW special, Heart of the City. For more information about how your pastor or ministry can be featured on 820 AM The Word, call Chuck Olmsted at 206-269-6216 or go to 820amtheword.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.